0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another season—yes, season—of the Leatherheads Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by theGratefulMedia.com. As you guys can tell, um, there's been a little, there's been some some tweaks to the show. Um, I'd say over the, the past few months here, we have a uh, we have new the new newest contributor to the uh, Leatherheads Fantasy Football Podcast. The I hate to say Eagles fan. Yeah, I know for everyone listening, the Eagles fan out there. Uh, Dalton Rice has has graced our presence with uh, his fantasy knowledge. Dalton, uh, welcome to the show. That
1: is disgusting.
0: Uh for everyone listening on the podcast right now, he's showing the Philly special play, which is a okay, joke. the visor's pretty cool.
2: On no. the visor,
0: no, that's a Dominican joke.
2: Connecticut people are just random. They just pick random loyalties. New England guys, like, gotta support New
0: England. Thank you. Um. But yeah, we are back. Uh excited to, you know, just, just get back after it this year. Last year we're uh, we're already we're already a step ahead of uh the game this year because last year we didn't start till week two, if I'm not mistaken. We started off late last year, which was tough. But uh it was a ton of fun doing it and um we're pretty excited to you know get after uh get after it. So without further ado, um unless unless anybody else you know has something they're dying to get off their chest before we dive into fantasy sports here. Cowboys. Okay. That's tough. <laughs> after, after the hard knock series, uh those it's that,
3: tough. Doggone down, hell after that.
0: <laughs> um, all right, but I know at least I have something I want to get off my chest here. And it kind of it's kind of gonna lead me into uh my um my first segment. Um so we're the way we're doing the show this year. Uh, is is switched up a little bit. We um we're doing a different style, at least for the first few episodes. And we're gonna see how it goes. We're all gonna kind of have our own uh, segment. So last year we uh we talked about just pretty much positions. Each of us covered a position or two throughout the uh the show, and we just kind of ran through it and talked about you know specific players and stuff like that. This year we're kind of splitting it up into the four of us are each going to get our own segment. We're, we're going to be covering a majority of – or as many players and uh, topics as we can revolving around fantasy sports just to kind of diversify the podcast here so it doesn't get stale. Uh, but – so it's going to be a little different. So, for example, I'm going to start off um, my segment and then we're going to move to – I think we're moving to Hunter, Dalton. we're finishing up with a bell. So we're each going to talk about different – um different situations different players different topics uh, and just kind of kind of do it that way it, it's gonna be a, a little twist of the show it should be fun um so I think I think that covers everything though I think we're th- those are the differences this year and last year um so let's just get into it I guess uh my first segment um obviously for anyone who knows me uh diehard Patriots fans gotta talk about this um the 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 crazy surprise that was took the entire league by storm if anybody if any of you guys say that you saw this move coming you're lying uh cam Newton got cut for the future go mac jones <laughs> <laughs> um mini tom I guess Hunter, yeah, we we—Hunter was even scheduled to talk about it in this, but Hunter, I guess being a die-hard Alabama fan and going to the University of Alabama, just give us a little, give everyone a little insight into what they can expect uh, from Mac Jones.
3: Yeah, you know, even before the draft, I spoke very highly. Abel, you can back me up on this. I spoke very highly of Mac Jones. In fact, I, I even thought he was a better prospect coming out of college than Tua. You're gonna see that. You saw a little bit in preseason his decision making more than anything. Is really something you see out of a third, fourth year guy. And uh, if it's exactly into that Patriots offense, he is the many time. He is a mold of what Tom Brady was. Um, way better prospect coming out of college. So maybe Man, that doesn't bring a awesome smile ball. to your
0: face. I don't know what does. <laughs> uh, but speaking about preseason here, Dalton, Dalton unfortunately saw the wrath of uh, what was Mac Jones in, in the New England Patriots in preseason. Um, arguably one of the worst preseason games I've ever witnessed. Um, and I honestly felt bad for Philly fans, uh, for having to like having that happen to your team. Dalton, give us your insight to
1: Mac Jones this year? All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Cam Newton first. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what the Pats are losing last year. So in PPR formats, Cam Newton's QB 16 in 15 games. He missed Week Four against uh, Kansas City, which is a huge game, obviously mm-hmm. uh, with COVID. Uh, on 368 attempts, which is you know, 25th in the league, he compiled uh, 26, 57 yards uh, and eight passing touchdowns to go along with 10 interceptions, which is tied for the sixth most, not too far behind my boy Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, sh- shout out Carson, shout out Carson. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cam, fi- you know, the reason why Cam finished as QB 16 minus those god-awful passing stats is he had 137 rushing attempts for 592 yards in 12 touchdowns, um, which obviously saved his fantasy value a ton, but also took away from, you know, his running backs, uh, Sonny Michel and Damian Harris, a guy who I'm extremely high on, and we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I-, I liked Cam, to be honest. I think he was definitely overhated. Um, not every quarterback needs to be as good as Carson Wentz to succeed in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know K- cam just you know he was better than six other starting quarterbacks that qualified which i mean isn't great but i mean he wasn't dead last i mean the guy finished qb6 you couldn't go wrong with it if you were if you went up against him you knew he'd probably put, put up 15 on you at least maybe 20 and that's not bad for a low-tier quarterback when it comes to the world of fantasy mm-hmm. um mac jones though um as it was mentioned he's he's a mini tom Uh, You know, Belichick, he doesn't, you know, ever start rookies. I think Mac Jones is the first rookie to start for Belichick in New England. Ever, yep. Ever. Um, But when you think New England quarterbacks, you just think, like, LeBron James of basketball. Fundamentals. The guy is the best at it. Mac Jones is a great fundamental quarterback. We saw that all preseason long. I mean, obviously, guys get hyped up all offseason long, especially rookies coming in, like, oh, this guy's going to break out. Well, yeah, he's a rookie. I'd hope he breaks out. But the reports coming in about Mac Jones were amazing. Uh, I think he fits the Pat scheme great. Unfortunately, Nelson Aguilar, who I know a little too much about, is his wide receiver one, though. Hey, he had a bounce back year last year,
2: though. He yeah, had pretty wonderful.
0: decent year last year.
2: I will side note uh, what Hunter was saying about Mac Jones. He pointed out to me that both Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith in their pre-draft uh, run-up before the combine and all those things uh, were asked about who, which quarterback they felt was better. And both of them, uh, I don't know who went first, but one of them was asked, who did you think was better? And he said, Mac. And then when they asked the second one, they said, who do you think was better? And he said, what did the other one say? He said, Mac. And he's like 100% agree. He, they both thought Tua wasn't as good as Mac Jones. I think they just think Mac is just a more fundamental, better getting the ball into the receiver's hands where he can catch it I and mean, he can just make he can make the best out of it. Make the best We're gonna it. see it week one. It'll be yeah, interesting. We will. We will see it. Yeah.
0: The 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 Alabama the QB face off here. So let me ask you guys this because obviously we know where um where I stand on Mac um but what are your thoughts about Mac uh, from a fantasy perspective? Is is he someone that team that if you haven't already, if he wasn't already taken, if you you had a draft. Uh, a few weeks ago, before he was named starter, is he somebody you pick up or no? He's the last
2: rookie quarterback you pick up. I, like, uh, I think, I think uh, Fields is going to put up a lot. If once Fields gets to play, wait, are you saying a backup is going to put up more points than a starter right now? Yeah, I think if I would rather have Fields on the upside chance on the high percentage chance that Andy Dalton ruins it for himself, pukes all over himself, I'd rather have Fields. Lance is, on, is already going to play, like, week one. He's going to be the new, like, Taysom Hill of that team. And uh, they have him on, uh, like, a bunch of running, uh, a bunch of these, like, uh, lead option sets. I think, you know, sh- Shanahan has a hard-on for him, and he's ready to be yanked, and, and I I think he's done there. Zach Wilson's just going to be sh- – they're, they're going to be down 40 points every week. And this is why I'm extremely high on Corey Davis, who's a, a really good number one wide receiver on like your fantasy team, you can get him in the eighth or ninth round. It, it, he's he's really going to play well for you because they're going to be down. Uh, Wilson's going to be slinging the ball. And then with Lawrence, I think it's, he's just going to be in a situation where it's bad defense. is going to have to throw the ball off and Max is going to be in a situation where it's like, and the ball off 40 plus times a game. if You have two power running backs and one really good speed back. I think it's I think it's
1: interesting how these places rank rookie quarterbacks. I'm looking at I'm I base my rankings off of Sleeper because that's the best fantasy app out there. It's what I use. Um, Trevor Lawrence is currently projected as QB eleven. Um, coming up oh. on rookies again, Trey Lance, who is not a starter, um, but very handsome man in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo still has that job right now. Um, I saw
0: somewhere today that Jimmy G is going to have an MVP candidate
1: season. <laughs> but but then justin fields justin fields who is also a backup quarterback for for, you know beginning week one at least is qb 21 projected zach wilson at 24 and then mac jones at 27 which i think is very very interesting um because mac jones is going to be starting and they are not putting brian hoyer in over mac jones like i don't think ever even if they're down 50, Brian Hoyer's not coming in that game. Um, Zach Wilson, also going to be a starter. Yeah, you can argue the Jets' offense is terrible. I still think that he should have a better outlook right now than Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who are backups. Against very stingy coaches. Uh, uh, Nagy and Shanahan are very stingy coaches. I understand I understand
2: that, but when him and uh, – I'm blanking on the, the GM's name. Oh, man. The Bears GM and uh, the Pace and uh, sorry Pace and Maggie have like a very short leash. And that Bears fan base is just nonstop, like w- like they're all in on playing on um, uh, fields in the first week. And I just feel like they should probably get onto that. I mean, even Big Cat uh, Barstool guy, he's he's really upset about the fact that the Patriots, Bill Belichick, the most stingy coach in NFL history, is starting a rookie quarterback week one and they are not, unwilling to start a rookie quarterback anymore. And he's just clearly like, you know, might as well get him out there and get, get him playing. They have some talent on that offense. I mean, the offensive line is horrific. So, so I guess,
0: I guess really here's good. my here's my take on this whole, the the QB2s being ranked higher than Max QB1. What happens if the 49ers and the Bears come out and they win their first two games? But
1: They're not out. Uh, the Bears probably bench Andy Dalton like they did with Mitch Trubisky last year. They were like 6 and 0 then bench No, no way, no way. You guys
0: think you guys think these the QB2s when if you were to give Lance and uh Fields a week by when they're starting? When when would you call? it?
1: Lance week 8. Um Fields probably week 4.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking I I agree with him. I think it's like as soon as possible with Jimmy, I think the team's going to struggle because of that division. And then they're going to be like, all right, might as well throw Lance in there. That's,
1: that's been my argument this whole time is that it won't always be Jimmy's fault. They're playing in a very tough division. Uh, yes, us.
2: I think so, too. And I think they're just going to be like, all right, we need to get really dynamic on offense. I agree. And I think that's where Trey Sermon comes in. He's probably going to take over when he knows your spot. I mean, trusting a guy who can't play more than 10 games in a season is not really worth it. Most of it's like value in the draft is literally his run to the Super Bowl. That's it. That's not even like he hasn't even put up the numbers and the production, it's not there. But Trey Summer okay. has got all that. And uh, in that situation, Fields is going to play as soon as he can. I mean, like, if you just watch his preseason games and moving in the pocket, he's going to have growing pains. You, he's probably going to get hit a couple times, but it's just it, it's what comes. And I mean, fantasy wise, you want a guy to run because that's essentially how you, you know all
0: right some pretty interesting takes on uh rookie quarterbacks here i i do i i have to say i think i'm in agreement with the philly fan himself Dalton. um i do think right as of right now i think i I find it crazy that the qb2s are ranked higher uh than than mac but i mean maybe that's just me being biased because i'm a patriots fan but i think i i don't know that i just find it crazy that the qb2s are ranked higher than the qb1 right now um but speaking of rankings, because this is mo- we're moving on here from the the rookie QBs, um, running back rooms in across the NFL. Not even just not, a, not just a few teams. Uh, across the NFL are, are always are always a, a big issue. You know, you have your you have your cases where there's a lead back and he's the star. He's the star running back. He's he's getting every single touch. Uh, it doesn't matter who else is in the room, but. There's one specific situation that um, that we, we it's it's arguably the the biggest debate probably in the first top ten picks uh, is going with the lead back for the Colts, Jonathan Taylor. Um, so I guess how this 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 part of the segment is going to work is we're all just we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna list uh, the 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 crazy the crazy rooms uh, running back rooms here all the teams and we're just going to quickly go through. Would you guys want these guys on your fantasy team? Yay or nay? And just like a quick sentence of why not? Um, and if someone else repeats it, obviously just like don't yeah. don't repeat it again. Um, so again, like I just said, starting off with the Colts, in that running back room, you have Taylor, Mack, and Hines. Do you take it do you take Taylor and do you pick up one of these guys on your benches? Yes or no?
1: Anyone could start anyone can give their opinion um see I like Taylor a lot I don't know about his outlook for the season I like Marlon Mack a lot um he's a good receiving back as well which is gonna be perfect for Carson Wentz for dump offs which is like what he loved to do in Philly with Miles Sanders um I I, I like Marlon Mack uh, I don't know about Naeem Hines his health because I know I think he was on the tours ACL last season um I don't know if I'm flip flopping them, but one of them tore their ACL last season. Um, but they're both good receiving backs that I think are worth because we've seen with those Colts that even Jonathan Taylor got benched last year. Um, I think I have a short leads with him
2: as well. Uh, 100% agree with him. I, I'm more radical on Taylor. I wouldn't draft him at all. Wouldn't touch him. I think uh, if an injury happens, probably go out and get one of them. I think. I just the, – their team just doesn't interest me. I know their offensive line is really good, but it seems like they're going to really hammer those three running backs altogether. It's going to be like – big- not,
3: not a big Colts fan. I, see, I, I like Jonathan Taylor. I always liked him out of Wisconsin, he, he, just how he ran north and south. But fantasy-wise, I like Taylor as a solid RB1. He's not going to do anything special. Uh, Dawn you brought up the injury. I, I, I had to fact-check you. It is Marlon Mack. It was a torn Achilles. It's a tough injury. Yeah. Um, but There's I I like Marlon Mack a lot when he's healthy. Hopefully, uh the Achilles holds up this year. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think I don't know. See, it's weird because I I did i I'm in a, I'm in two leagues and one of my leagues I have Taylor, but I didn't take him with my first pick. So, like, he's he he just fell in the draft, and and he fell to – I had a top – I think I had, like, a top – I had, like, a top three pick, and I ended up picking, like, around the 20s, and I had already gotten uh, Adams. And it was in the case where it's like, all right, I I still need, like, a a decent back or at least a a starting back right now. So, I took him, but I don't know. I'm just – I'm kind of torn on it where because it's like he – like Dalton said – on such a short leash that it's 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 very it's it's concerning i guess if, if he's your rb1 and you don't have a solid rb2 so th- i think that's where i stand on uh the whole taylor thing i don't know i don't and i don't know if i'd take either of the other two on my bench because it's it's such a toss-up between three that's why it's it's very interesting because it's like it's you have a 33 percent chance of picking the one guy who's gonna have a great season so i don't know i i'd stay away from him everyone uh every one of those backs um uh, moving on Falcons, interesting situation, too. We have Davis, Patterson, and Gallman. Taking any of them.
2: Davis. He's the lead back there. He's- Davis. and only Davis. Davis. Davis,
1: tremendous. Season. I think the Falcons running back room like, might be like simply like one, of, like one of my favorite ones to look at in fantasy. Just because Mike Davis, he backed up Chris McCaffrey. and Obviously, he played great when McCaffrey was out with his injuries last season. Uh, Cordero Patterson's just not that guy anymore. So, I don't even count him. I think Wayne Gallman is a really interesting guy. Um, he played when Barkley was hurt last year, and uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the guy's name that they cut. Um, oh, uh, Quadre Olas. Yeah, no, uh,
0: he's, he's on the practice squad actually. On the practice squad, not, not. He's practice. a
2: rookie though, so he's probably long term, going to stick around. But in he the short term, he's not going to play. Like you know, like how
1: like there's always like a few rookie running backs every year, that, like in the fantasy circles. Like if you're into the fantasy circles. You know that there's a few guys out there that are like, whoa, like we gotta watch this guy. I'm gonna talk about one of them later with the Saints. Uh Gallman took over for Olison, who was one of those guys. Um, they also had JV on Hawkins, who was an undrafted free agent who they cut. Um, there's just a few of those guys, and I like how they have they have a solidified RB2 now in Gallman. I like him a lot. Um, if I had room for him on one of my fancy rosters, I would pick him up because again. Mike Davis is a career backup. Yes, he played great when he started, but he played in a dumpster can offense where no matter his output, it didn't matter. Um, I think he has an extremely short leash. If he has problems fumbling, if he, you know, he, he's only getting two
2: yards of carry, they're going to put Wayne Gallman in there. So I like Gallman a lot. I I will second that aspect of your opinion. I I I do think Mike Davis is a good, really good receiving back. I will say that Atlanta likes to throw the football. Yep. Um, they have Kyle Pitts, they have uh, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. So in those situations, you may end up seeing more Wayne Gallman than if you're Mike Davis fan or like like me. You're gonna end up seeing Wayne Gallman off more often than you would like to see him. But in those like, you know, first and goal situations, it's gonna be Davis getting those. And if he shows up and he, he looks good as a power runner, then it'll be you'll have the upside of having those, like that situation of him being the complete back that he can't all
0: right um all right next team la rams not not a crazy crowded room but an interesting situation because they did just trade for sony michelle they they went out and got michelle um and henderson i don't know i, I i'm not i'm not so sold on henderson i guess um so in my eyes i i have i have no idea i i, I would stay away from the rams just because i i have no idea what's going to happen there but um, it's just, it's an interesting situation where it's two backs, but it's, I think you're going to see a lot, a, a lot of snaps split between these guys very equally. So that, that, that's how I see the
1: situation, but I don't
0: know how you guys are looking at it.
1: No, I I feel the same exact way. Um, Henderson's the guy who's going high in drafts just because he is an RB one. Um, I think though, if you can get him to, you know, he's, he, maybe he's like your flex guy or your bench, he's not a bad option at all. If you have a running back on a bye week or even like one of your flex guys on a bye week and you have no better option, Henderson's a great pick because again, he is an RB1 until proven otherwise. I don't see Sonny Michelle taking that position away. I don't like Sonny Michelle as a player on that offense. Um again, they have a lot of mouths to feed, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Um who's who's their tight end now? it's, it's not Gerald Everett? Tyler, Tyler
2: Higby. He's really good. I, be, yes. I like him a lot too.
1: Um there's a lot of mouths to feed, but Matt Stafford's going to throw the ball. That's what they're paying
2: him. That's what they traded all those picks for. Uh, I don't agree about Henderson, but that's be but because of your main point that the offense is really good and just to say that Henderson to me was I had him last year in fantasy and he was really banged up, often really injured, and it's the way I feel about both Memphis's running backs and uh, with Antonio Gibson and uh, Washington is that both last year and in their college careers. They often got hurt, couldn't handle – they never had more than 100 touches in a given season. And it just seems like now that they're in the NFL, like, you are going to play an entire 17-game schedule with that many touches. It seems like Michelle is the guy who can handle more of that workload than someone like Henderson. But in that case, I think both of them are just kind of well, – like I said, I wouldn't play. Yeah, I'm,
3: I'm kind of like in between – you and Dalton because I I don't love Henderson. I like him as a, as a solid flex. Um, I think he's going too high in drafts. I really do. And I think, I think Sony Michelle, actually his value might increase later in the season. You know, he's gotten there late, but um, the way Sean McVay runs his offense, it's not really just a, you know, three down back there. I think Sony Michelle's value is going to increase throughout the season. look for Michelle. Um, That's what, that's what I think. It's, it's going to be an interesting Rams offense for sure.
0: All right. Um, this team is I, like—I mean—they're the dumpster of the—they're the NFL right now. They are like the bottom of the barrel; like no one cares about them. But an interesting, interesting thing going on there in the running back room. Um, the Texans, obviously, you got Johnson, Lindsey, and Ingram. What? Just, just give me first thoughts, everyone. Just, just like what comes to your mind. You know what's bad is every time I think of the
3: Texans, I still think of the Sean Watson. That's yeah. my honest.
2: <laughs> as far as
3: running backs, I
2: actually,
3: I actually kind of like Johnson. He he is he actually is yards per carry. He actually had a decent year last year. It's just, I mean, with with Taylor as the QB, you're, he's gonna be seeing a lot of you know, probably seven, eight man fronts in the box. It, you know, he's gonna get his fifteen carries, but I kind of stay away from the, anyone on the Texans this year,
1: <laughs> other than Brandon Cooks. But we're talking running backs. Um, I'm actually the opposite. I'm super high on Philip Lindsay. This is an undrafted guy who was um, a Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, he was RB 13 uh, back in 2018, RB 19 the next year. He only played 11 games last year. He was hurt. Um, obviously, there's nothing to prove on this Texans team, so why not throw Philip Lindsay in there? I think you're going to see Ingram more a lot towards the goal line, which kind of concerns me. Um, you know, touchdown if you're looking for, you, well, these guys are going to be touchdown dependent and they're not going to score much, so that's why I'm saying stay away. Um, the bright side is for any Texans running backs is that Tyrod Taylor is their quarterback, so anything can happen when Tyrod Taylor is your quarterback. You know, he, he can puncture a lung, and then we're going to see uh, Davis Mills, the guy from Stanford, and <laughs> he can be Davis, the ball every, every single play, <laughs> yeah, it's the ball every single play. So, um, if I had to choose one, it's going to be Lindsey, but I don't think you should waste a draft pick, at least a top ten round pick on any of these guys. Okay.
0: okay. Moving on. Also an interesting situation here. Because a very high powered offense, but none of these guys seem to go that high in drafts at all. The Bills. You got Moss, Singletary, and Brita. Do you take are you guys taking any of them? Kinda it's a kind of very similar to the the Colts, where it's like, you all right, there's a lead back, but the usage of the other two guys is very is very
1: high. What are you guys doing? You taking anybody from this team? Uh, I'm going to go quick. I have a Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs stack in my money league. So, no, I don't like either of them. I want the ball in Stephon Diggs' hand and his hand only. Um, I don't like any three of these. Matt does nothing anymore. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss seem to get worse every time we hear their names in a conversation about competition. So no, not, not uh, neither of them. I a hundred percent agree. Sure. Okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, Bills are one dimensional. They didn't do anything in the off season to improve the run game. I, I agree.
1: Josh Allen's RB one. It's okay.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. I like to take, um, Raiders, Josh Jacobs and Ken
2: Drake. I, this is my only statement about it. If one guy gets hurt, the other guys value skyrockets. so absolutely skyrocket. it's Like hey, it's gonna be. are you playing them are you playing them weekly though no i wouldn't play them weekly but like you can i mean flex jacobs uh i think you can flex both of them i mean with jacobs he's kind of a touchdown defending guy he was last year i don't like i traded for him mid-season and really like you weren't getting much out of him unless they were uh running the football i mean uh he was scoring touchdowns. And uh, another fact about Jacobs' last point is that the Raiders, as an offense, faded Jacobs when they were down, and when they were up, he was like their main guy. And the Raiders aren't good, so
3: he definitely- yeah, that was that was exactly my point to Bell's point. Drake is gonna his value might go up a little bit because the Raiders are just gonna be down. Good flex options. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, uh, I'll never forget Kenyon Drake for 2019 week 15 playoffs for touchdowns on the ground. Um, absolutely destroyed me that week. I lost my playoff match because of him for that. I hate him. Uh, Josh Jacobs, consider him as a flex. If he's your RB2, don't be too worried. But again, this Raiders offense is not that great. They're, they're wide receivers I'm low on. Obviously, Darren Waller is better than everyone thinks. He is closer to Travis Kelsey than you think he is. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a debate for another day.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I'm not right. taking a break unless someone gets hurt. Okay. Pats. I, I don't think this is, there's much like much really
0: here, Um, but it's weird because when I was, when I was putting the segment together, there was a ton of talk about this, this room because of what happened in the preseason, which usually doesn't, doesn't re- preseason doesn't mean much for the regular season, but for the Patriots running back room, it, it was a little bit because of the performance from Stevenson and how dominant he was the entire preseason. Um, what, what's the deal? Not really much with Harris. Harris, Harris is, is the lead back, but are you picking up
1: James White or, and or Stevenson at all throughout the season?
2: No. No.
1: Hey, Damian Harris is my guy. I'm in three fantasy leagues. I have him, I have him in all three leagues. He's my guy. Um, right. Obviously, James White is receiving back. I don't see him checking in too often. Stevenson, he's a decent third-down powerback kind of guy, but no.
2: Stevenson, yeah. long-term, dynasty, hold him. Uh, Paris, he's a guy this year. It's mm-hmm. the, way it, the way it's, it's going to be. So underrated. Roll Tide. So underrated. Roll Tide,
0: right, Hunter? Roll Tide. Took, took the words right out of my mouth.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: sure. right. Moving on, 49ers, Mostert and Sermon. Who, who, who's, who's, who's winning it out this year? But at, oh, at the end of the season, not not who you taking because uh, this is literally split like 50-50 right now, and and I, the the reports are saying if and when Mostert gets injured, Sermon's value also goes through the roof. So uh, who's at the end of the season? Who is it?
2: I have Trey Sermon in four fantasy leagues as oh, man, this uh, might uh, be I, a little bias. I got him as in the eleventh round, eleventh or tenth round in most leagues. He's by far, going to be the breakout running back this year. Given by like week six, most I like I said earlier, Mostert doesn't like hasn't played a full season in his entire career. Most of his hype comes around his like great playoff run. He's a son. He's literally Tony Michelle. Just like he he looks better on the field. It's essentially the case there. And uh, Sermon's just an all around back. He's the receiving back. He's the type of guy that Shanahan loves. And uh, I just genuinely think he's overall better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're both great fantasy options. I'm personally staying away, but if you can get Trey Sermon lower, um, I know he's going a lot higher because he's projected higher than where he most is right now, but I like Sermon to be their running back at the back end of the season.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, and last but not least, Super Bowl reigning champions. It's a Tom Brady offense. The questions have to be asked every single year. Should any of these running backs be on a team?
1: I'm going to go first. No, no, and no. I'm not drafting any of them. Uh, Lenny Fornetti, everyone's boy in Tampa, uh, m- made me and my guys a lot of money in prop bets for the Super Bowl because it was like over like 38 yards and like that, and he crushed it. Um, <laughs> not, he's not viable for the whole entire season. Ronald Jones have a few good runs. Again, I'm not rostering him, not even as a flex, nothing. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, I'm sorry, coolest mustache in the league, but he's not on my roster this fantasy season.
2: Uh, I have Jones on my roster just in the fact that he's the most complete back that they have on the team, and he's the most efficient running back on the roster. Uh, And in that case, I still, I'm still not too too high on him. He's more of a guy that you want to play in a week that uh, you're you're desperate. Uh, He's my backup running back guy. I don't really want to play, but I have to. I will play him. He's a deep bench type of guy. Injuries happen late in the year, and he's still he's a healthiest running back. Definitely worth the start, but not right now.
3: Yeah, I think Dalton hit it hit it best. No, no, and no. Don't draft any of them. They're all going to see good time, but just fantasy wise, I, I don't like the value.
1: Three man yeah. committees are literally fantasy football hell. It's a nightmare. <laughs> all, right. all right,
0: a a ton of there's a ton of debate. Obviously, it's it's. The season hasn't even started yet. Obviously, you know, we we can talk all we want, but, you know, like we said, there could be a Mostert injury week one, Sermon's the guy for the rest of the year. That is very very likely, um, maybe not week one, but very likely situation. Um, But it's it's running backs in the NFL. Some of these guys are going to be injured, but the general consensus I got from that whole segment was – these guys, none of these guys uh, should be, at, at best, they should be bench guys to hold on for the rest of the year. So that's the best consensus I got. But as I said, um, it's something that, you know, I think if if the situation's right and, and you're in a fantasy league where you have your running back go down, you have your, one of your top guys going down, there's a few guys in, this situa- in these situations right now that are lead backs but could easily lose their spot, so they might not be the best pickup or vice versa. They could be a second back right now and win the win the spot out by week four. So it's it's interesting. Running backs are always a are always an interesting topic, but um, that 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 does it for my segment. Um, and and now we're handing the, the reins over to Hunter for segment number two.
3: Yeah, uh, we're gonna change it up, something different. I don't think we even did this last season. This is gonna be called buy or sell. Probably seen it before. I'm just going to give two, three-sentence summary um, of the situation, and we'll go just around the table and see if you guys are buying it or selling it. First one, C.D. Lamb emerges as Dallas's number one. So the Dallas Cowboys have three wide receivers. Uh, if you ask around the league, even some people think Gallup is worth a number one wideout, maybe a stretch. Uh, Amari Cooper, he, he's got some durability issues but he's been Dak's security blanket uh, throughout these few years as Dallas. Uh, Lamb emerged last year with, you know, Dak out and Dalton um, leading the reins. Lamb had 935 yards, 74 receptions on 130 targets. Excuse me, that was Cooper. And then Lamb had 111 targets um, for about 900 yards. So it's kind of a toss up. What do you guys think?
1: I'm selling it because Amari Cooper's on a contract here. He, he has Dak back. You mentioned it yourself. He's a security blanket. I'm not hating on CD. Obviously, great stats. He just right right there. I'm a Amari Cooper
2: guy. Oh, I, I thought you were saying, okay. That, I, that that confused me real quick. I am 100% a CD guy. Amari's, Amari's never had more than 1,200 yards in a season. 1,200 is, is like, he's scared of 1,200. That's a ceiling. But CD's clearly extraordinarily talented when the team had nobody else on the rock, nobody else, no quarterback on the team. CD was still out there really performing and he played fantastic with Ben DiNucci, <laughs> but uh what do you call it? I do. I love the idea that CD is going to uh, come out on the scene this year. And he was, he was projected about what almost, nearly 1600 yards with, uh, at the pace they were going at last year. Uh, obviously, it's going to slow down, but I think CD's in the one. I, I think they want to invest in
0: CD. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going by. I think. I think by the end of the season, I think because Amar is still uh, wide out one right now, I think is going to get more. He's going to. He's he's going to have the weaker weaker cornerback on him, and I think he's going to get more looks. And I think he's going to have more yards by the end of the year. That's that's my. He's also yeah. more of a versatile wide receiver, playing the slot. Yeah, game. playing the slot can go out left. So I'm going. To- yeah, that's
2: that's one
3: of the most interesting toss-ups of the season. I, I like kind of both sides. Moving on down to Chicago, we kind of touched on Justin Fields and Andy Dalton situation. Um, Justin Fields starts more games than Andy Dalton. Many Bears fans, obviously, as we talked about earlier, wanted Justin Fields to get the start right through right in week one. Dalton has to start Week One. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, I, I'm gonna just gonna leave how it is. It's an easy buy for me. Bye.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's an easy buy, but then again, it's Matt Nagy, and who knows? He can <laughs> fuck. <me. laughs> who knows what's gonna happen with, with that guy? The dude is so loyal to people; it's it's insane. It could it could honestly, it could be a 50-50 split in a seventeen game season. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but I'm gonna go buy on that one. I think that's an easy one. I think. I think Matt Nagy loses his job if that's if, if if anybody says no to that. Yeah, I you know
3: I think it could be a different story if the Bears had an early uh bye week. They have a week ten bye week, so they can't wait until week ten. So early on, they're gonna it's it's got to be a quick decision. Um, I'm gonna go with you guys. Uh, next one, Jameis Winston passes for over 4,000 yards. He beat out Taysom Hill this preseason to take Drew Brees' uh, role as QB1 for the New Orleans Saints. Winston averaged about 3,900 yards per year in his time in Tampa as a starter, averaged about 24 touchdowns per season in his five seasons in Tampa. In the three seasons he played all 16 games, he did not throw less than 4,000 yards. You buy uh,
2: it? Uh, 100% buy would That's an easy buy, an absolute easy buy. Jameis Winston with Sean Payton as his head coach. That team's defense is going to take some sort of progression. They're going to be in more competitive games. Dude's got LASIK eye surgery, so he's going to be – his eyes are going to be tough notch <laughs> There's always, like, a funny meme about Jameis always, like, looking real tough at everything that he's, like, he's looking at. But in jokes aside, I think, I think he's, like, a very talented – he's got all the tools, all the talent. And the situation that he's in is going to require him to do more heavy lifting than all of us actually really imagined him to do. It's not going to be just hand the ball to Allen It's He's going to have a more proactive role, and in this case, he's got the one of the greatest offensive minds in the last like two decades, and he's going to help guide him out there. And it's it's not going to be as like difficult. Obviously, the the talent is is not necessarily there right now, but James didn't really have the tremendous amount of talent out in Tampa. I mean, you only have Mike Evans and Godwin for that one season, but in other years, it was just Mike Evans. And and I think James can play with, uh, with, them and play yeah. with, with that coach too. Yeah.
1: Uh, my first instinct was to say bye right away. Cause you look at his numbers, 2015, 4,042 yards, 2016, 4,090 yards, 2017, 3,513 games, 2018, a little less than 3,011 games. 2019 was that amazing season where he had 5,100 5, yards uh you know also 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions my first instinct was to say bye but i'm going to sadly say sell because he has no michael thomas for at least two months that's my reasoning and
0: that is that is 100% why I, I agree with that and i'm also going to add this i want to so that. i wanted to do it so bad but no michael thomas it's so hard I, I don't think that this is being talked about enough is that the fact that he just won the qb1 battle there's it's Jameis. The dude has thrown thirty interceptions in a year. It's very possible Jameis comes out and throws nine interceptions in the first three weeks and gets benched.
2: It's. It, there's no chance. I think he, mm-hmm. he does something like that, especially with Sean Payne as his head coach. It's just like it's. It's not really. It's not even a feasible idea that they even put the team in those situations because he's not going to put Jameis in those situations. That's too. The, really the Saints aren't going to be down like mm-hmm. you know. He wasn't. The defense is competent enough to keep them in these games. Where, but Jameis is gonna have—is he gonna have games where he throws like two, maybe three picks? Or, but who knows? He could come out extremely efficient. I mean, like those, like Sean Payton's factor on that team is going to be like very big. It's like Tom Brady can go to a bad coach and make that team good. So, uh, a young quarterback like Jameis needs a good coach, the same way Mac needs a good coach. It's the reason why young quarterbacks are extremely successful in good organizations.
3: Yeah, the way the way Peyton handles Winston's going to be interesting to see. I think, especially leagues with two QBs, you want to look out for that because Winston could be a big QB too in those type of leagues.
2: And, um, and Jameis says the team rallied around him, and also Taysom's just not a good quarterback. He's he's expected yeah. to be that gadget player too. He's he's returning back to his uh, gadget role. He's uh, not uh, listed as the team's backup quarterbacks on game days.
3: It'll be interesting to see. Seem uh, like most of us sold, except, except for a bell. Moving on, three teams make the playoffs from the NFC West. In my opinion, I think that or the AFC North is probably the best division by far. Um, the NFC West last year was stacked. Uh, let's see. They were 38-28 in total in the 2020 season. The worst team being the 49ers, who finished 6-10, and 10 but as we all know, the injuries just mangled the 49ers. Uh, so, quick, are you buying or selling the three teams out of the NFC West are making the playoffs?
1: I am buying, and the one team that's not making it is the Arizona Cardinals. Whoa.
2: Shocker. Whoa. whoa. The Cardinals are making the playoffs? <laughs> the Cardinals? <laughs> so, so, who are your teams making the playoffs? The Rams, 49ers. It's the other three teams in the division. And the Seahawks.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to go sell. I don't think. I don't think. So, two? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't it's even two. know. I'm looking at the the division. The only team that I'm, like, really confident in is the Rams. I'm not, think, I'm not so confident in the 49ers. I think
2: 49ers win the division. Rams come in second. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, okay. Seattle doesn't make it. Cardinals will make it.
3: Dude, I will buy I will buy a Trey Lance jersey if the 49ers win that this division. I
2: yeah. think the dude you think that the team's right. are, the team's <laughs> talent on the offensive side of the ball is and in and, and, and the defensive side of the ball, ridiculous. Like with Kittle, Devo, and Ayuk's gonna be a breakout wide receiver. That's an opinion for a different day. He's gonna be a superstar. And uh I mean, like Trey Sermon, and as long as most are, it's like healthy and, and available, they have depth. That's depth. the
0: key, when healthy. Until this I team mean, proves to me that they can stay healthy for long in six so weeks.
2: I the Super Bowl literally last year, and it seemed like that was a dynasty ready to be made. And, and they'll be back. Bosa's going to be back. The only position that they have a question mark in is corner. And uh, the other two teams in the division, the other three teams in the division don't have good corners either. It's only the Rams.
3: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You're playing Stafford, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray two times. Yeah, It's tough. I don't know. I could see the Niners maybe, maybe as a, a wild card. That's a stretch for me, but good insight. Lastly, Big Ben and the Steelers make it back to the AFC Championship. Uh, they didn't make it to the AFC Championship last year. They got bounced and embarrassed by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, reportedly, Big Ben is in the best shape
1: of his life. It's like oh. they
0: say that every year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hates. He, he, I got but, one thing to say, but I'm not gonna say it. I'm not. I'm gonna play it for you. Stop the cap. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> not
2: happen. Not happen. I if they play the Browns again, the Browns will curb stomp them again. I think they are just more physical. They're just a better football team. Juju can. It, it it also just seems like the team is interested in regular season games, winning those games, in the playoffs. The team's not built for those playoff games. Even with Najee, who I believe is going to be a stud and a superstar this year, I just – the team is just, like, it lacks, like, that, like, playoff edge. I even find, like, the Patriots would be a great match. The Patriots met the Steelers in the playoffs. I'd love that match for the Patriots. A team that could, like, you know, get punched in the mouth and just – Teams that have good offensive lines, good run games, like the Ravens, like the Browns, like the Pats are like we're well adjusted to play those teams. Or are well adjusted to play those teams.
0: Yeah, I'm going uh, I'm i I'm selling that. I don't think I don't think 000, make it. Colt
2: Colt will there. the Colts will be there.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's gonna be the Pats and the Chiefs, so it's like you guys saw I Steve. Was was
3: was
2: here first. Top,
0: five, top Five Super Bowl contender, the Patriots coming in at number five.
3: You know, I think I heard that last year, Pats and Chiefs too the <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that was that was before we had uh that was before we had the mini goat on our on our ants. The AFC runs through Buffalo. I'm telling you this right now. No Browns. They're I don't same. know. I think the Browns are going to be phonies. Hot, hot take here. I think the Browns are going to be phonies again. No, I think they are. They are clearly the. Have have the most talent on paper, and yet I none, of, them, that none of that none of
2: that talent has that ever he, done. that is bar that's a joke. They the only team that has a better offensive line than the Patriots is the Cleveland Browns, and they are going to be pounding the ball on every team. That defense has a true Miles Garrett is a superstar. He's literally an at the Aaron Donald of the AFC. That team's gonna be great. I'm but-
0: trying to think, has any of those guys ever been to a conference championship game? Who anyone on the Browns? And just exactly.
1: There has to be somebody on that team. Claim with the Chiefs. Who is it? Claim
0: Hunt
1: with the Chiefs. Oh yeah. Oh, Claim yeah, yeah. Okay. No, he was suspended. And like- uh and was
0: Clowney? I'm trying to think was Clowney or no? Has
1: Clowney ever been the one? Maybe no. Uh no, because they lost in that second round when they beat the Eagles two years ago.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't I just I think the the, the Browns are I don't think they're gonna be they're gonna be let this year as they are every year calling it. Oh, they're, nice. gonna letdowns, they're gonna be let downs of the AFC
3: that wraps it up for Biden,
0: Sal.
1: Um, next segment, take yep. it away. All right. Um, uh, I, I'm going to do risers and fallers. Obviously, there's a lot of guys who change their ADPs on a day-to-day. what seems like an hour-to-hour basis in the NFL and the world of fantasy. Um, I have four guys to each, risers and fallers. My first riser is Tyro Williams, wide receiver from the Detroit Lions. Um, he was projected maybe to be a slot guy, maybe in, you know, not even in their slot, their wide receiver three, um, with Prashad Perriman and Amon Ross St. Brown coming out of USC, uh, with Quintez Cephas behind him, Brashad per, uh, Prashad Perriman gets cut, um, and now Tyro Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown and Quintez Cephas, who has 20 catches and less than 400 yards in his career is a lion's core. Uh, Williams projections are really good right now for fantasy football. So I doubt he's getting drafted in your leagues. Great waiver-wire pickup. Um, My second one is Deontay Johnson. Um, He's currently sitting at wide receiver 17 and number 58 overall. I am beyond low on the Steelers offense. Uh, I don't know why a guy who has – he had an insane amount of targets last year. I I forgot the exact number. I'm going to look that up now. But I think he might have led the league in drops, maybe besides the Eagles wide receivers um he had 144 targets and only 88 receptions last year uh, i don't know what makes him viable to climb up to wide receiver 17 in a high draft position as well i don't like him my father first one is evan ingram 109 targets last season but only finished his tight end 16 and there are not 15 other tight ends who had more than 109 targets uh he's been battling injury all, of, all throughout his career also uh, a chronic disease called butterfingers uh, and even his head coach, Joe judges came out and said that there's a really big gray area surrounding Evan Ingram, not just to do with his injury, but his mentality and all. Uh, Danny Dimes with QB does not help you make good catches because you're gonna be looking at your shoelaces trying to get the ball most of the time. Um, my second father the Eagle's bias a yeah, <laughs> little, little bit a little bit. Um my second father, um, I didn't change this because, uh, it happened so close up to when we were recording, but my second follower was Latavius Murray, uh, who actually just got cut by the Saints in favor of. Over, over yeah. contract disputes, though. Over to, contract disputes. Over it's contract not it's bad, But it's because kind of contract disputes. Um, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just he wasn't willing to take a pay cut. So he was cut from New Orleans. And instead, uh, sophomore running back Tony Jones, who had a great camp, and he just barely made the 53 man roster, uh, Latavius Murray did. And Jones didn't have a solidified spot. Murray is my father. Um, I don't know who I'd replace him with off the top of my head right now. Uh, maybe, you know, a wide receiver rookie, kind of like Jamar Chase, who has not looked great. Maybe he's a follower that I put in there as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, for the most part, I agree with Devin Ingram, Latavius Murray. Uh, being high on Tyrell Williams, 100% agree with that. Uh, that team is just. They, they they need offensive players and they need them quickly, which is why TJ Hawkinson is going to at, at least be the, the fourth best tight end in the NFL. And he's just extremely talented. He's got all the tools, but my contention is Deontay Johnson, because uh, besides the fact that uh, he did have a lot of volume, a lot of those passes were pretty much uncatchable or in situations where like Ben was just not good at all last year. And he was, he only trusted Deontay in many of these situations because Deontay was clearly their best receiver. Uh, Claypool was good, but it was mostly the, everyone really loved it, the way he played that that one week that he broke out uh, with Johnson. The volume is there; he can play in the slot, and Ben loves those quick passes, which is why I think Najee's going to have a lot of volume and DJ's going to have a lot of volume. So that's my only contention there. I think volume is going to be there for Johnson and that's going to help him he'll, he'll still be at, at the bare minimum in our, our wide receiver too anyway.
3: yeah i like both i like both risers especially um deontay johnson even though his hands are a little shaky i think he cleans them up this year it's just a lot of mouse to feed in that in, in Pittsburgh. but i like i like your risers latavius murray the backup i actually uh just picked up the rb2 in new orleans uh probably a couple hours ago Tony Jones Jr. He had a crazy week seventeen game. He uh, had three attempts for thirteen yards. So, looking forward to seeing what he can do.
0: Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty. I'm pretty much in agreement with uh, with your followers. fallers. Um, you know, Evan Ingram is Evan Ingram might as well just be like the the permanent faller every single year because I feel like I feel like he's just constantly has issues all the time, uh, especially over the past like two or three seasons. It's just he's always in the he's. The amount of positivity he's bringing to any uh, any team is, it's usually nothing. Um, so I think that that's the one I probably agree with the most out of all. But no, I agree. Um, I think solid points. Uh, Latavius Murray clearly, clearly the faller of, at least today, the, the biggest faller of uh, today. Dude just lost his job. So. <laughs> all
2: right. So. Now we're on to uh, segment four, so it's my segment. All right, so I was originally thinking about just talking about, like, the games and the matchups, but for the sake of the time, uh, two reasons why I'm cutting out what I what I originally wanted to say is that you're, you should just start the guys who you picked early and the guys you want to start. The matchup issue should come later on in the year. Just start the guys who had stars. Don't worry about the matchups in week one. Uh, oftentimes week one is kind of an outlier week. It's a good week to just see like what guys can come onto the scene. It's big waiver wire week is the day after week one. So uh, just, just be aware of like who your team is playing. And, and you know, if you're really worried about it and overly concerned, obviously like don't play them. Mm-hmm. But in the aspect of uh, the betting, because that's that's what some people are interested in. I mean, it's a growing market now. So, in the first game, I just want to talk about the ones that I really like. In the first game, this is kind of an interesting one. Dallas has moved to plus eight. I love that Dallas plus eight. I think Tampa is a team that shows up when they want to show up. It's not a team that is like a team. Like, Dallas has a lot to play for in this game. And I think they're hungry and they're wealthy. No. I think
3: Brady hurt your feelings or something, man. I, I think
0: I'm a Cowboys
2: fan.
3: I think Tampa wins by 20.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you know, and the only reason why is because the uh, the way the Tampa-based Bucks looked at the end of the year, they looked like they've been the best team since I don't even know when, and they returned everyone and they're playing these exact same
2: people. Oftentimes, though, in like the it's a new season and like look at how bad Tampa was in the middle of like, what, what was it? Week 10 when they got blown out by the saints and they were a completely different team by week, like 18. So that's why I feel differently about this game. I think plus eight, it's going to be a close scoring game. It's week one. Obviously the college football season showed us that like, you know, good football teams can lose in early week games. I like the over two. I think it's going to be kind of a, a limit. I think it, the defenses are going to show up, but, I just think that over is gonna get. I think it's gonna get there. I think it's gonna be like 31-27 game. Tampa Wins. Uh another matchup I really like. For some reason, the Jaguars are just minus three against Houston, and Houston is an atrocious football team. There's literally no aspect of Houston's team that is actually like good. And at the very least, like Trevor Lawrence should have a great week one.
0: Philip Lindsay's gonna run for 150 yards, three
2: touchdowns. At least the Jaguars have like some sort of <laughs> competency. Like yeah. I would take the over on that. I think there's gonna be no defense to be played in that game. Yeah. Uh my, that is my favorite bet of the week, the over of that game and Jacksonville spread. Uh tough matchup, I think, is uh Seattle's minus two and a half uh against uh the Indianapolis Colts. I actually do like that minus two and a half because I don't know how the Colts play in the first week, uh with uh Wentz being sick with COVID, the team's kind of just—it's—it's it's definitely uh, the early start to the season is uh, well, their preseason at the very least was very tough. Guys getting sick, guys getting injured. Uh, not everyone's like back to full health. I think the Colts pick it up mid-season again, like they did last season, and uh, I think that's when they really turn it around. I don't agree
1: because you can't forget that Russell Wilson is always an MVP candidate for the first five weeks of the season. Yeah,
2: that's always the case. He's Russell
1: Russell Wilson looks like God for the first like four games of the year. He's good. last year, uh, thirty-one for thirty-five for three twenty-two and four
2: touchdowns. He had thirty. He had thirty-one touchdowns in his first eight weeks, and he fell off the face. Of yeah, I know. I had twenty-seven. Right, 27 TDs, and then he had fourteen at oh, the end of the year. Uh, another matchup I really like. Is uh the the over the over for the Carolina Jets game. I think that's gonna be another high scoring affair. Uh and then um, a spread that I actually do think that's kind of interesting. I don't know if everyone will agree with me on this, is Steelers are plus six and a half against Buffalo. I don't know how how you feel about that, Dalton. I kind of do like where that plus six and a half of the Steelers.
1: I think that like that betting line is like literally like the perfect number.
2: Yeah, I think it's don't but it's
0: almost too perfect.
1: It's it's almost too <laughs> It's almost too perfect and that Steelers defense scares the living hell out of me. Um as in a
2: good thing or a bad thing?
1: Oh, it, both, I think. Um because I don't have too much invested in the AFC other than uh $50 into Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Um <laughs> but I mean that's going to be an under game, I believe. I th- I think the number set at 46 was the over under for that one.
2: I uh, 40, it went up 48 i like you No, it went down it started at 50 and now it's a 40 and a half i i like
1: it i like the under in that game um you have the numbers from last season's matchup it was 26 15 yeah i agree i agree with I that, that or again maybe more
2: from the Steelers, but
1: i, I think the under is great for that one
2: uh yeah, I 100% agree. I do think, this is my opinion, I think Josh Allen takes a slight step back this year from, like, where he was last year. I, it's not that, like, he's going to be as bad. I just think there's going to be more picks. More, it may not be a numbers thing, but it, it will be a, a a play that you witness. It's, like, late-game moments, those things that Josh Allen's going to have to step up, and I just feel like he's not going to be able to rise in in uh, uh in those moments. Uh. Let's see. Oh, this is probably the matchup of the week for Cleveland versus Kansas City. Cleveland plus six and a half. And I hammered them last time in the playoffs when it was uh it was, they were plus nine and a half in last year's playoff and uh against Kansas City. And that was a good matchup. I think plus six and a half is too much in Kansas City's favor. Kind of staying away from that game, kind of fading. Uh this isn't is
0: show up, it isn't isn't at least. The last two years, they haven't been great. The first few weeks, in terms of putting up crazy amount of
2: points. Yeah, uh, the one thing this is actually something we should all talk about. Every, the Patriots are minus three against Miami. Yeah, that's uh, I don't, I, I don't like that line. At all. Dolphins money line,
1: Dolphins money line easily.
2: Oh no, no money line. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> um, I like the Pats.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think. I think I see the Pats there. I don't think it's going to be a three-and-a-half point game. No shot.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. And then uh, the, the last game of the night would be uh, the Bears versus uh, the Rams. The Bears are plus seven and a half against the Rams. I lean towards nobody because that's just not really a fun line. I'm leaning towards the Rams because Andy Dalton is starting the Chicago Bears. It could end up being a 26-7 to seven type of game. Like that's what it could it could shape out yeah. today, or so like forty-one to forty, like like it could be either way. Like yeah. yeah, I mean, I just feel like the Bears defense is gonna like I think both teams' defense is gonna show up. It's just the the Bears' offense is more incompetent, so it's just like they end up playing well. Just You're, you have two two type of games. It's either the defenses really show up, and it's like the offenses are just incompetent, can't get anything done, or it's like there's just no. It's just a high scoring affair. The offense is just flying on all cylinders. You don't really get you you don't have much in between. It's just kind of both, either or. Yep. All right. What
0: um before we end before we end the segments here, what is the what is the game that you guys are? Oh, well, this is actually I I didn't think this through. This is a spot, on, but now I'm thinking everyone's just going to pick their favorite team. So you can't pick your favorite team. What is the game this week that you're most excited to actually watch?
3: Browns and Chiefs. Browns and Chiefs. I think that was an amazing playoff game. I think it's going to be a good one again. Browns should have won that game.
1: I'm going to go with a weird one. Um, Titans-Cardinals. Crossing hmm. oh, the watching King back at it. Um, I, I picked the Cardinals. I said I, I gave a hot take about the Cardinals make the playoffs. Um, I, I like watching the offense play. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, probably like my favorite football player in the world. Um, I, I, I'm just excited to see two really good offenses go against mediocre defenses.
2: Uh, I would, I will say one thing. I love that game's under. I love that game's under. 52 is just way too high of a number for the Cardinals-Titans game. I think the Titans, uh, due to the, the fact that the Cardinals have a great pass rush and a solid defense, the one thing that they don't have is – so they've they're two young, very young linebackers. I think they just take Henry and it's one of these early season games where Derek Henry really has a good game.
0: Uh I think my favorite the, the game I'm looking forward to the most is actually the Steelers Bills game. I'm actually yeah. I'm actually looking forward to see because as much as I don't want the Bills to be good, I'm actually pretty excited to see the Bills offense and what it looks like uh week one because they the offense is I mean, they only got better, um, so I'm pretty excited uh, to see that. And I also want to see, you know, how how good and how in shape uh, Ben Roethlisberger actually is uh, week one. So the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, time to close it up here. We're, we're doing the we're we're doing the similar segments we did. We're going to stay along the lines here with the 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 betting. Um, we did it last year. It was Bell's bet of the week. But now now that we've learned that Dalton is also a pretty uh pretty pretty big gambler over there. Um,
1: I, I wouldn't say I'm a big gambler. I'm just uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big guy in the lines. I love watching the lines. I love giving my hot takes on who's not covering. Okay. Um, give me, both of you guys, your bets of the week. My bet of the week is the Minnesota Vikings minus three against the Bengals.
2: I have two bets that I really like. I do like the the more I think about it, probably by the end of the week, if I would change the Jaguars minus three, because I feel like for somehow some weirdness is going to happen. Houston just pulls up the, <laughs> the tub to shock all of us. But uh, the over on that game, I do really like, I just think there's going to be no defense being played. I prefer the over than the spread when I think about it. And then. I, I will put the Cowboys plus eight just despite all of you guys. Jesus. Cause I know, <laughs> cause I know the game's ending 31, 27. I just had that. First.
0: That is a, uh, that, that makes me want to throw up
2: sometimes. Zach's thrown three touchdown passes, three to CD.
0: Um, all right. Well, bell. we guys, we got to cut a bell off here. Um, <laughs> the the last thing we were, uh, we we're going to talk about here. And it should be like quick. Um, we are deciding whether we want to do a fantasy league between the four of us um, and the idea of having it be the craziest um, rules and uh, guidelines you have to file week in, week, week out. So each week it will change. Um, example, we could like each of us has to draft, get like two or three kickers uh, or a kicker and we go at it um, and th- we only play our kickers. Things like that. So we, we think that that could be pretty funny um, and uh, pretty 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 crazy. Uh, we would do that throughout the duration of the season. Or um, it's just, it might be a little late, but we would have a few select uh, fans, you guys listening. Um, so this is coming out Wednesday morning, bright and early. So if you're the first one listening, uh, we're going to open up uh, a, a, a league – and we're just going to see how many of you guys join um and then we'll it will be like a 32 team league set so however many people join we'll try and make it work um and we'll adjust the league as follows um so if we if we get enough people uh we'll do that but if not we'll probably do the uh the crazy fantasy league between the four of us um just crazy craziness uh week in week out which would be uh, pretty fun and uh friendly competition between the four of us loser always has to do something you know, Hunter still has to get a Cam Newton uh, t-shirt and a um, I thought it was Kirk Cousins. And a Kirk – Captain Kirk Cousins because he had him on the league. That is a recurring um, – that is also a recurring rule on the show, Dolan. I'm not sure if you're actually aware of it, but it is – if you have a fantasy quarterback that provides you negative points, you have to go out and buy a t-shirt uh, jersey of those quarterbacks. And Hunter had both of them last year. So um,
2: that is hey, a, a recurring rule. Well,
0: for
3: me, I can't even find a Cam Newton jersey. And so uh, he-
0: see, I actually have a guy. His name is The Spike King. He bought up every single one uh in the New England area and owns all of them. And they're all t-shirts. So I can reach out to him and I can find get you. i find you at, at
1: Olympia Sports on the clearance rack.
0: Yeah, that's a, they're probably yeah. also there. You're gonna have trouble getting the Kirk Cousins one, which is <laughs> shocking. Because <laughs> he's been on the team for a few years now. We'll have to go um, But that does it for uh episode one here of Leatherheads Fantasy Football Podcast. Um I'm excited. It's gonna be an exciting uh fantasy year. It's gonna be exciting, uh exciting football year. And uh we should we should uh we should have a lot of fun this year. So uh yeah, good show, guys.
2: Hey,
1: thanks for listening. Yeah, later guys. Uh follow the Instagram, Twitter, yep. we're gonna be Twitter, we're gonna be TikTok. Um follow the socials, they're all Leatherheads podcasts.
0: Yep. Um, and head over to graveyomedia.com. There's gonna be constant uh weekly blogs for fantasy stuff, so uh just so you guys don't miss that.
2: Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you later, guys. Peace.